is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, 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 the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go! Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where it is time for our Seahawks Week 18 news roundup and chat with me, Matty, and Ty. That's me. That is you. But what has dominated Seahawks world and the NFL world is the sad, but hopefully, fingers crossed, everything crossed, uh, positive news in the end of the collapse of Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, during Thursday night. Uh, sorry, during Monday night football, obviously a tragic thing to watch happen. But you know the news coming out is more and more positive. But that that was horrid, Ty. Yeah, uh, one I was watching the game live. Certainly, the most disturbing thing, uh, scary thing, sad thing that I've seen uh, on live television in general, let alone you know sports. Um, just wishing for the best uh, for Demar, and you know, always thinking about his family. Uh, been thinking about his family the last you know few days, and you know, this situation in general. I think for at least some of us, certainly for me, um, creates a, an interesting you know conversation with oneself about you know football and and uh, you know what it is to be a football fan, right? And the game that we're kind of you know that we're watching and the the real violence and the real um, you know, circumstances of it all. So it really just put everything into perspective. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, the one thing that I'll say is, uh, that I'm really, you know, proud of the, of what the majority of the response has been to this whole situation. I thought that the ESP, ESPN broadcasts, uh, handled it beautifully, uh, and about as well as you could possibly hope given the, the circumstances, the unique circumstances. Um, I thought, you know, Joe Buck and uh, Booger McFarlane and, and and Susie Colbert, they did a great job uh, with that. Uh, same with Ryan Clark and what he said on Scott Van Pelt and some of the other ESPN shows. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the response to DeMar's uh, GoFundMe, uh, which last time I checked was over $4 million after a goal set of like $20,000 or something like that. Yes, now uh, it's uh, 6910420 wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and just to see, you know, the response from uh, other teams around the league and, and teams in, you know, in Seattle. Um, shout out to the Mariners who uh, lit their uh, lit T-Mobile Park up in uh, blue and red uh, in support of uh, Demar. Um, I believe the Seahawks also did the a similar thing. Uh, and uh, just you know, some of the the posts on social media, and whatnot. Um, and obviously, you know. I uh, got to give a shout out to uh, to the, just the way that the teams handled this. Obviously, the NFL, you know, there's a lot of things coming out about how the NFL handled this. That's a whole nother conversation. But the way that the teams at least handled this from what we know, uh, the way that Zach Taylor and the Bengals handled this, especially uh, was uh, was nice to see. So, um, yeah. And Dakota's come through with another <laughs> another super chat. <laughs> Dakota, man. Oh, wow. Right in between the uh, <laughs> the, the bots on uh, on YouTube here. But uh, Dakota comes through with a $10 or $9.99 super chat. Yep. Thank you, Dakota. Pray for tomorrow, which, yeah, 
if yeah. whatever God you believe in, even if you don't believe in a God, you know, prayers, thoughts, work, yeah. good stuff. Um, yeah, the ESPM thing is they're in a tough situation and they all did pretty damn good. Like even yeah. Adam Schefter's trying his best. Um, there was a couple moments where like, he, where he was talking about the league a little too much and how they were going right, to have to handle right. it. You, yeah, the, you can question yeah. the source there. But yeah, the yeah. former players like um, Ryan Clark, uh, Booger McFarlane's mm. like uh, they handled it great. And you do wonder like I don't know if they should have been on air for that long. Like just cut something else. Yeah. But then also people like you know when you're watching the broadcast, you sort of you're sharing that. You're sharing the you know. Well, it's a traumatic event. You're sharing that with people, and I guess there's yeah. a value in that. People want to f- to feel like they're it's a collective event. It becomes almost so. Yeah, I know. Um, there's yeah, been some really there's been some really scary things that have happened on the on the football field this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, thinking about Tua, uh, what happened on that same field. You yeah. Know? Uh, thinking about you know Russ uh, and that close up of his face that still burned in my memory, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then uh, some of the other concussions that have happened, uh, like Naeem Hines and uh, and uh, Devontae Parker, uh, just seeing them, you know, that visibly shaken up. Uh, and then obviously, you know, this uh, this is you know, this tops all of it. And it's just it's it's really it was really disturbing to see. It was really, you know, the thing that really got me was seeing his teammates, you know, just lose it on the field mm-hmm. and you know not really knowing what's going on but seeing guys like Tredavious White um just in shambles you know yeah uh, it's just it was really sad to see and so thinking about all those guys thinking about everyone really in the NFL right now that you know witnessed that and you know the, I'm sure there's some guys right now that you know maybe they're questioning their future in, in football seeing that you know come into the to the harsh reality of this because you know I think this has always been in the back of our minds, but none of us really want to, uh, to admit it or, you know, uh, talk about it, let that come out into the open, what this game can really, you know, do what the actual real dangers of this game can be. And it's, um, you know, I just, I, I, I do wonder how not only the bills are, are proceeding this week, but uh, the rest of the league in general and the rest of these players. Yeah. I mean, what I would say is it's, you know a freak tragic accident yeah. almost like and and it wasn't um you know with the concussion stuff you can sort of question the sport but this i mean yeah football is a violent physical sport but this was a like mm-hmm. a routine hit where it's you know yeah. the medical experts i've heard talk about it say you know it's like a 0.01 percent chance even in football it's rarer because how often do you get hit like that um yeah. and uh, in the chest um, compared to say like baseball where a hard ball hits you at a different sort of right. velocity. Yeah. Um, where but I believe that, that it seems people saying that's it's, it would be more common in baseball but still a freak kind of incident or like hockey yeah, or, I think, or, or I th- you know lacrosse. Tennis I think. Ball. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah just a freak action. Um, yeah. Yeah and, and then uh, in, in soccer like I uh there's been two instances of uh, sudden cardiac arrest, uh, not from being contacted in the chest, but players just collapsing. Um, Christian Eriksen, he mm-hmm. uh, collapsed for Denmark in Euro, it was 2020, but it was actually 2021. And um, he was able to give the thumbs up on the field. 
and then they may well there's differing accounts but according to the the goal the danish who uh ericsson played for denmark uh, goalkeeper's dad who's a notable guy called uh, peter schmeichel the governing body forced um denmark to play on 60 minutes after they watched their teammate collapse said they'd be they'd have to forfeit the game three nothing so the fact that the nfl that didn't happen and the, and the more importantly you know, Zach Taylor showed the compassion to walk across the field to uh, McDermott. And obviously, we don't know what it said, but it seemed pretty obvious that it was the coaches who took the players off the field and the players who instigated that too. Yeah. I mean, that's massive. And um, just the human compassion element. And then the other instance was um, uh, Fabrice Mwamba in a, in a, a Premier League game, the EPL. He um, collapsed on the field uh, and... and but thankfully, both him and Ericsson made full recoveries. Muamba didn't return to soccer, but Christian Ericsson did. He now plays in the Premier League again. So, you know, those those are both positive tales, uh, which reflect, you know, the importance of uh, CPR training and having an AED, uh, a defibrillator yeah. by the field. Uh, mm. I've had CPR and I've had CPR training. Um and I think, you know, hope, that's hopefully one positive that comes out of it. And hopefully another positive is that, you know, Demar Hamlin does make a full recovery and is okay. Like I said, the yeah, time's positive. It's sort of changing thing. And, <clears throat> you know, until the family uh, speaks on it, that's another thing. But the other thing, Ty, is that uh, it sort of reflects from a Seahawks perspective what the, the you know, the 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 first rate kind of uh, human care nature of the team, like Pete Carroll saying that, you know, he listened to his, each of his players on it and got a feel about it before doing anything. And he had the, one of the team physicians, Dr. John Dresner speak to the players about what protocols the NFL have in place when there was an emergency like this. And mm. uh, they also actually made uh, John Dresner available during a Wednesday press conference to talk to the media about what, um, you know what happens when you know a player has a cardiac arrest on the field. What what protocols are in place already? And uh, I think that's big. And you, you mentioned Ty about it bringing into question sort of thing like sport, I guess, and football. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it is a sport. These guys are. I mean, football is all sorts of terrible injuries you can get. This is one particularly unique or, or rare. But um, yeah, it does bring into you know they're out there for our entertainment really. And there are much more important things. And I think, again, that brings this, you know, this whole incident brings that into sharp focus. Um, when DK Metcalf's up there, he he was saying about how it does give you some pause about this is what I'm doing. We, we know we know as players we put our body on the line. Heck, DK Metcalf goes and says, you know, he broke his neck playing this sport, which he did. Yeah, like. he did. So there's all sorts of bad things which can happen, but... When you when you have people on Twitter who at players and mention players and are abusive towards players or even the people the few thankfully few uh, num small number tie who were were calling out the players for not playing on saying that they felt entitled still even after yeah. that that they they thought players should go and play still um, yeah sort of again it reiterates that the, the, it's much more important that. You know, these people are human. Um, yeah. You know, even if they're in a big shoulder pads and a big helmet, and yeah, they're, they're just human people. Yeah. Human and people. yeah. And I mean, like, we can lose them at any moment, right? Like, you just, you, you don't really know, you know? Um, 
but that's a whole you know that's a whole other thing um but yeah just you know wishing wishing the best for demar um wishing for a speedy recovery i believe the last thing that came out from the team uh was that he did seem to make some improvements over the night uh this past night uh but he's still in critical condition in the icu so uh just wishing the best for him and uh and his family and so you know um the fallout from this you know in terms of the schedule and all that that stuff doesn't really matter and i think at the end of the day like you know just to quickly touch upon that um i think the easiest thing to do just at this point is just call it a tie right like because like i just i don't know what else you can really do at this point and so and also if the chiefs win on sunday like i don't think it even really matters so I mean, I, I think a tie is fair. Well, I don't know. There's no. I think a tie is fair, and again, yeah. you know, the way that McDermott and Taylor handled that, and mm-hmm. um, you know, in a in a crisis, a lot of things are said. It, you know, as it's being dealt with, but the whole five minute thing, which became, mm-hmm. you know, ESPN stood by the fact they were told by an an NFL yep. official that. It would be five minutes. Uh, get get the players ready in five minutes. I mean, yeah, yeah that that whole deal. The, the fact was the players, yeah. and, the fact was the players and the the coaches who walked off and you know got got packed up. Um, you know, I think a tie, a tie yeah. is um, fair. Uh, not that it. I mean, it doesn't matter. But the way it impacts the playoffs slightly in results is that. The Bengals at that time were. Let me just get this up. They were, uh, the, yeah, they were eleven and four. So I guess if they'd lost and been eleven and five, then their game against the Ravens becomes. No, it doesn't really, does it? Because I was thinking it, it might become more significant because then. For like the AFC North, yeah, yeah. Because then, if it's if it's eleven and five versus ten and six, then the winner of that wins the North. Yeah. Um, and then the Chargers potentially had something to play for as well because their record is, um, they're ten and six. So then it would have been the Chargers duking it out with, the, you know, they'd have a reason to try and win if if the ravens had right for the first seed for first seed purposes yeah but i I don't actually think that's a thing is it really no and like i said i i think it doesn't matter like um yeah you know ultimately a tie a tie is fine like um yeah and and hopefully 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 demar hammond is able to make a full recovery yeah. Oh, and Bart Scott is a jackass for suggesting yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, we don't need that, to. Yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't need but, to publicize these people. But yeah. 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 Jesus. But yeah, again, that's the yeah, that's the one that upset me though. I was just like, yeah. 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 Not cool. Not cool at all. <laughs> um. So, in terms of the week eighteen schedule and the games, uh, a big controversial thing happened, Ty. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, maybe I made it happen because I said the day before that the Seahawks have a big competitive disadvantage argument to be made 
if the Packers Lions game gets moved to Sunday night football. Mm. Because Ty, as I'm sure you're all familiar with now, dear listener, Seattle plays at their usual time of 9.25 p.m. on a Sunday, hosting the 5-11 Los Angeles Rams. However, the Detroit Lions, who they need to beat the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, if Seattle is to make the playoffs, play after Seattle, and the Detroit Lions would have zero incentive to win that game other than we hate Green Bay, boo Aaron Rodgers. Because the Detroit Lions, if the Seahawks win against the Los Angeles Rams, are eliminated from the playoff contention. Mm. Mm. So that kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. Uh, And, I mean, it means a a bunch of things, right? Uh, Maybe if a guy, you know, on the Lions, say, gets hurt, he's less incentivized to potentially play through it. (laughs) You know, something like that. You know, there's... A lot of things right where they're just not going to potentially push it uh and so you do have to worry about that uh the one thing that i've seen on social media though that i I just i disagree with is like oh they're just going to like give up they're not gonna play (laughs) like like they're they're not going to play hard or whatever it's like dude like, like making the playoffs is obviously really important to the team overall but for some of these guys, there's a lot more at stake as well. This is perhaps their last impression to make before the offseason, whether their contract is expiring or their guy on the back end of the roster, you know, trying to, uh, you know, build some, uh, some, you know, good rapport with the, with the coaching staff, et cetera. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's, that's going here. And these guys ultimately at the end of the day are professionals. Uh, so I think that the, the lines are still going to be able to, to go into that game and, and, you know, play a good game against Green Bay. But, yeah, looking at uh, just looking at it as a whole here. I mean, the the Seahawks have a real complaint to make, and I know that they're they're not, and the best that they can do is just you know keep their head down and move forward with it. But um, and that's what they're doing, and that's been the you know the message from Pete Carroll and everyone. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a giant mess up by by the NFL, and it also makes you a little bit concerned about. The Rams game, if they're, you know, because clearly the, the NFL is hedging for a, you know, winner take all type of matchup between the Lions and the Packers that night. And so if there's a, um, <laughs> and if there's a, uh, I just saw your message. Uh, and if there's a, uh, you know, a couple of questionable calls. No, oh, Ty, game, it's not rigged. Ty. You can't behave like that. It's it's gonna be it's gonna. It, I'm just saying that's gonna create a conversation, right? If there are a couple of questionable calls in that game and the Seahawks end up losing, or even if they end up winning and there's still a couple of questionable calls, that might be a little, eh, you know, I don't know. Like some people are probably going to turn their head at that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I I just uh, yeah, it's just it's it's stupid. It there's really no other way to really you know go about this and say it like it's just it's dumb it's it's a mm-hmm. it's terrible for the seahawks it puts them at a severe disadvantage potentially and uh you know i do think that lines are going to give uh, green bay a pretty good game but you do have to worry about them you know uh being a little conservative with their guys if they need to and being conservative just in, in general with uh you know with everything if it's not a winner take all type of game for them yeah i mean the other thing is they they do have an incentive to lose from a draft pick perspective because they could get up to like sure. the 14th overall pick 
sure. from where they're picking now, which is 17th overall, which on like the draft value charts, like the Rich Hill model, is worth like the equivalent. It would cost you like a third round pick to move up that high. Obviously, it can differ depending on stuff. But uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of wild. The good news is, as we said on Sunday, Dan Campbell is Dan Campbell. He is a yeah. neat biter. Pete Carroll said, you know, he believes Dan Campbell will play hard, whatever. And, you know, Campbell said as much as well. Uh, and, and yeah, they do have the incentive of beating a divisional rival, keeping them out of the playoffs, playing the spoilers. Campbell said how, you know, they want to play in notable games. They want this to be more normal. And so this is a great opportunity for them to either, you know, make the playoffs or, or not. So still kind of BS for the Seattle Seahawks, especially when in 2021 they had that weird thing where, Lots of the Rams got COVID, and rather than just play the game as the NFL said would happen, they rearranged yeah. the game. And who went and won the Super Bowl? And who, yeah, that was all a bit odd anyway. Um, yeah. but no, there isn't some grand conspiracy, although it is a bit, or unfair. is there? I think certain teams maybe are better for the entertainment value of the NFL right now. But imagine thinking, imagine thinking, Ty, that Aaron Rodgers is a bigger draw than Geno Smith. Like, that's ridiculous in 2022 or 2023 now. And the problem yeah. is, Ty, what ends up happening is you'll end up getting uh, Jared Goff in the playoffs. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, I like the Lions. Look, look, I'm going to be real about it. I like the Lions. So if it ends up, you know, like, even if the Seahawks lose to the Rams, I'm rooting for the Lions. Like, I hope the Lions get in. I think the Lions would be a fun team in the playoffs. Um, that'd be cool. But I'd prefer the Seahawks. And you know what? I'm just going to say it. I actually don't feel terrible about Sunday. I, I honestly think that things might uh, might go pretty well for us, and we might actually, you know, us? this time next, yeah, this time next uh, Wednesday, we might be talking about another game potentially for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hopefully, I saw a tweet saying um, from Seahawk Nerd, the Super Bowl roadmap: Seahawks win at home to the Rams. Mm-hmm. Watch the Lions upset Green Bay on Sunday night football. Get redemption versus the 49ers as a wild card, which I like it. Hard to lose to a team three times in the season. Rarely happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, travel to Philly to knock out the Eagles. Yeah. yeah. All very easy. And let the Cowboys choke in the NFC championship game. Mm. Although I don't think I think Dallas may have choked before then, but I don't know. I like Dak. Dak's nice. Uh are you on board with the roadmap tie? I'm I'm super down. I'm very down. I would like to to go up against the fraud Vikings, but uh, you know, especially for letting us down this past Sunday. That was terrible. Um mm. friendship with the Minnesota Vikings is over. Detroit Lions are my new best friend. And uh but yeah, you know. I, I want to. I want another shot at the Niners. Let's go. Yeah. So, so win Sunday. Lions win Sunday, and then let's go to Santa Clara. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we've had a question from uh, Dakota again, and another two kind donations. So the first, the first question I think we can answer. The second one, I don't think Ty is going to shave his beard. No, no. no. It, no. I live in Toronto. It's too cold to shave my beard. This thing is like a re- this is a resource. This is not just for show. This is like 
I need this. This is a necessity. Yeah. But the sec- uh, the, the first one on uh, on Tyreek Smith, was he supposed to be any good? Well, I mean, he's a, he was a day three pick for a reason. But uh, he's more of a... A, he was more of like a dropping pass rusher than a rushing dropper, if that makes sense. Like he was more sure. of a guy he drop. Um, I, I, he played in oddly Ohio State in his time there. He was they were playing Pete Carroll's kind of system of defense. Like they copied a lot of the things that Seattle was doing, and they took a few coaches who'd been in that system. In I think it was San Francisco as well, but. Um, mm. He popped occasionally for them, but he'd be the kind of like try hard, set the edge, edge rusher, hustling edge rusher where he, you know, would have high activity, but also he'd help you out setting the edge on early downs like Alton Robinson, I think the fit they had envisioned for him this year. And then obviously, you know, they didn't trust Daryl Taylor to do that and they brought in Bam Johnson. And I think, you know, with how much two, four, five fronts they've run, so four guys down at the line of scrimmage in a nickel look, I think that is um I think that's what they were sort of going for. So yeah, I, I know you know, he had some kind of splashy rushes. He's uh he turned the corner pretty well, uh, occasionally, but sort of leaning into guys is not the most bendy. As I said, he's he was a yeah, he was like a day three pick for reason. So Yeah, he's like a you know, he's a rotational guy. He's a number five rusher, like on your depth chart. You know, it's like that type of dude. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, they they picked him I think because he's smart as well and high motor. So D- Dakota asked if uh, if he if he's gone after the season. I don't think so. Like he'll get a chance to compete in in training camp. He didn't even get a chance really because he was hurt all summer. So, um. Yeah, yeah, well, that would be. I, I mean, the reason, yeah, he got hurt. He's just kind of got redshirted, really. But um, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a fifth round pick, so to get be a, even as a fifth round pick to be cut next year would be kind of tough, especially when like Alton Robinson is his deal up now. Uh, I think this is his last year coming up. Right. Okay. Maybe not. But like, yeah, in your second year, that'd be tough. But sometimes players aren't ready, like Amara Darbo, for instance. Um, that's a that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, thanks well. thanks for that one, Maddie. No problem. <laughs> uh, cat, he's catching strays out here. Right, so back to the back to the schedule and the ramifications of that of week eighteen. Real real, real quick, real quick. Mm. Speaking of, because you said Amara Darbo, now you've sent me on on this oh, trip. No. Who's your favorite round three or round four receiver the Seahawks have drafted in the Pete Carroll era? There's quite a few of them. Chris Durham. Chris Harper, Gary Jennings. <laughs> oh, I like the Gary. I liked him. Gary there had the There you go. Yeah, I did like Gary too. Gino would have gotten Cook in. Little West Virginia yeah. connection. There you go. Of course, yeah. Are there any West Virginia receivers in this draft class? I don't know. We need to get that, that going. Bad. I don't know. I, don't know. Oh. I, don't I feel know. like I don't know either. They're pretty broken. I don't. I don't do like any sort of draft research until the senior bowl because you know the draft does begin in Mobile, so it does so, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly, at least. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah, so I don't I don't know either. But if there are West Virginia receivers or just a singular West Virginia receiver in this draft class, uh, think about. I mean, surely your 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 favorite round three receiver is Tyler Lockett, right? Oh yeah, that's right. He was a round all right, late round three though. He was early oh, round three. He was like and they like traded up quite a bit to get him. Yeah, he was like pick sixty eight or something like that. I think. Like he was like early, early round three. He was pick sixty nine according to this. Ooh, nice. <laughs> this is not helping my reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Y'all know what uh, we're talking about? Okay. <laughs> Schedule. Now Schedule. now you've been down the, the Darbo wormhole. It happens. Yep, yep. It happens to the best of us. Um, the, the Darbo initiative. <laughs> um <laughs> The other thing with the schedule is that the Chargers, who the Seahawks need to beat the Denver Broncos in the late window mm. at Denver, by the way, have no incentive mm. to win that game mm. if the 10 and 6 Ravens, who it looks like they'll be without Lamar Jackson again at quarterback, lose at the 11 4 Bengals. And not only do they not have an incentive, uh, on paper, not only has their um, not only are the Broncos now two point favorites with the betting clearly thinking that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, not only would the Chargers be the number five seed regardless if the Ravens do lose early, so that's why they have no incentive. Brandon Staley said in his press conference, "Once we find out about that game, the Ravens game." then we'll make the appropriate decisions moving forward. This is a coach who has hold out, held out his entire first string from preseason games. So it sounds like it will be the Chase Daniel show. Now, Maddie, have I told you how much of a Chase Daniel fan I am? Big Chase Daniel guy over here. He's in the wrong sport, but... Well, I guess, I guess if you're a backup quarterback, Chase is right. But Chase should be driving NASCAR, right? Chase looks like he should be like in a writer's room for like a comedy, like a cart, like an adult comedy cartoon. Mm. Yeah. What what other I know Chase Utley. What what other chases are there? There's a couple chases in NASCAR, I think. So that's a that's a good fit for him. It's good. Like that sounds like a NASCAR driver name, Chase Daniel. Driving yeah. the number 17 car, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um other chases jamar chase right right he's pretty good it's pretty good it's his last yeah. like you know we'll just forget the part that that's his last name, first first name, name. Chase. You're, you're not the boss of me i can do whatever okay. i want um Probably seattle needed denver to kind of lose another game just just for the dance but also because mm-hmm. that would Basically, getting them the third. Well, it would get them the third overall selection, maybe the second, but I don't think the Bears are going to win. Justin Fields is out. Um, Nathan Peterman is playing quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Peterman, man. However, it's against the Vikings, who, as we established, are frauds. So, yeah, fraudulent Vikings. Yeah, Chevy Chase. There we go. Five hundred nine Adventures. There we go. Um, yeah. So probably bye bye Jalen, but could you imagine the content 
if the Broncos lose to the Chargers running out Chase Daniel and like their second string defense. The content would be great other than I my mock draft content would be less exciting because rather than in three overall, there's a scenario where Seattle ends up picking five overall despite being locked in at three overall for so many weeks now. Mm-hmm. So that is sad. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I don't want to be fifth overall. I want to be third overall, preferably. Yeah. I would like Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter on my football team, please. Yeah, and now, I'm not sure it can happen now. Do you consider a trade up? Do you consider trading up for one of those guys? I mean, well, all right. So the Cardinals would surpass you, right? Who else would surpass you? The Colts? Yeah. Colts need a quarterback, so that's only one. But the problem is the Bears. But could the Bears trade their pick to a quarterback needy team? I mean, there is like there is a chance that one of those guys could fall to you. And this is, of course, not accounting for anything that could happen to those guys' draft stock over the course of the spring. But like, <gasps> what? I've just seen who the the Colts play. The Colts are at home to the two thirteen and one Houston Texans. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> All right, so number four then. Or we we could get. Oh no, we can't do that. No, no, <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> no, 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 you can't drive the Texans down. They only have what two wins? You said. Yeah. Then you yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Relax. Relax. But like. But like, all right. So like, think about it like this, right? Number one pick, Houston. They got to take a quarterback, right? Like, it's got to be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Oh, right. Really like, yeah. And then Bears, like, they could take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, or they could trade that pick to the Panthers, the Lions, the whatever, right? For you know another quarterback. Number three pick, Cardinals will likely take a Will Anderson Jr. or a Jalen Carter. But if you're number four, you're number four, you might, you know, or even if you're number five, even if the Colts pick ahead of you, they're probably taking quarterback, Will Levis, come on down. So then, you know, you, you get whoever the Cardinals don't take. Okay, this is good cope. Right? Or right. the Ravens or, beat the Bengals. Tyler Huntley, have I have I told you how big of a Tyler Huntley guy I am? Big believer in Tyler Huntley. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Ho- hopefully four overall then. Yeah, that would be. Am I missing a team? <sighs> or hey, you know, uh, David Blow could beat the 49ers. Yeah. Maybe right? I mean, David... I mean, Jared, Jared, Jared Sidham almost beat him. Yeah, I can't believe there's like a worse team than the Cardinals. Like there are certain teams I've watched recently who it looks like they're calling plays and playing to intentionally lose, which yeah. mean, that does happen. Mm. Allegedly. Mm. I mean, we wouldn't want to accuse anyone of uh, tanking on the no. show, Maddie. You know, this is a professional show. Yeah. Yeah, can't semi. 
semi. Sem, sem, semi. Semi. I say Thank semi. You. Semi. Thank you. Do you, you know the Dodge? Uh, is it the Dodge? Hemi? Dodge? Yeah, you don't say Hemi. What's that about? Got you there, buddy. If all, right, American... you, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to admit that, you know, I was just doing it to be different, to, you know, to annoy you a little bit, to, you know, r- r- rustle your jimmies a little bit, you know. And, and look, I admit that I've been had, all right? I've been had. You got me. Because, mm-hmm. like, what's more American than the the Hemi? Is it an engine? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a Hemi. You know? It's a Hemi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. circling back from American V8s, mm. we want the Motor City Detroit to win. That's right. That's right, that? baby. That's right, baby. One pride, baby. One pride. <laughs> yeah. I will buy a Jerry Goff jersey if they win. If the Seahawks win and the Lions win, I will buy a Jerry Goff jersey. And I will wear it on this show, on every episode of Lockdown Mariners, the week that I get it, mm-hmm. every every single day. I will wear a Jerry Goff jersey. In the kind blue. of wet. Oh, look at what you're wearing. Right, right. Yeah, don't don't look at what it says on the front. This is a lion sweatshirt, folks. It's kind of Honolulu blue, or whatever. Yeah, it is. It. Yeah, yeah, Honolulu blue. Yeah, exactly. I look like I might be a Packers fan, which is a problem. But it says Sonics, so let's just. Relax. It says Son- It says Sonics. Saber Sonics. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's not like the green and gold like Packers. There's some red in there, so. I mean, that's such a unique color scheme now that I think about it. Like, what other team has, like, maroon, orange, yellow, and green as their colors? It's very cool. Yeah. It's so... The Minnesota Wild. Oh, yeah. I'm a big ice hockey fan. Wow. How did you... You just pulled that one right out. Wow. All right. Yeah, I, I, it's because when I was looking at ice hockey, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of a rip off of the Sonics." They don't have orange, though. I don't think. No, they don't have orange. Or it's like it's not even orange. It's like it's brown, more yellow. Kind of. It's like a br- well, no, there's like a bright yellow that's like the outline, right? But then like the lettering is like this like brownish orange. So what we're saying is the Minnesota Wild are trash. Yeah, they're fake Sonics. Yeah, they don't even play basketball. Like derivative. Yeah, they don't even play basketball. Like if that's what they're trying to do, they need to step it up a bit. Um, Yeah. Okay. More like mild because that shit is whack. True. True. So the Lions tie. There's reason for optimism in that Jamal Williams is one touchdown off equaling Barry Sanders is. Uh, team franchise record for rushing touchdowns. In Wait, for real? Really? Yeah. Jamal Williams? Rushing touchdowns. That's incredible, man. Leads the NFL. Good for him. Yeah, that's good incredible. Good. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Since week six, the Lions lead the NFL in drop back EPA per play. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. And they're also really like good it. at running the ball. All and right. Green Bay didn't really have that good run defense. Although this there last we go. week went minnesota they kind of bs their way into having cope a good one. cope but ignore that cope. cope all right yeah let's go um, let's go so it's gonna happen seattle just mm-hmm. needs to handle their business exactly 
Now, in terms of Seattle's business, on Wednesday, which is when we're recording this, you may be listening to this on Thursday, they had 10 players not participate in practice. Um, Phil wow. Haynes, left guard, out with an ankle injury. Travis Homer, running back, out with his ankle injury still. Tyler Lockett, listed with a shin injury now, did not participate in practice, but Pete Carroll described that basically as resting, like they expect him to go. DJ Dallas, running back, out with an ankle injury. Noah Fant, tight end, out with a knee injury. That's something which had been on there before. They're clearly managing yeah. that situation. Kenneth Walker, the third, out with an ankle and illness. Again, managing that, but the illness is something that Quinton Jefferson missed practice with as well. Oh, no. Um, no. Uchenna out with a foot injury. That's new. Ryan Neal, still out with his knee. Puna Ford out with a calf injury. So that's a lot of significant guys out. And then limited participants were Abraham Lucas coming back from his knee deal and Al Woods, uh, who I think is just having his Achilles managed. But a lot of notable names there. I imagine if there's any possibility that they can play, all of those players will play because kind yeah. of what we spoke about at the start of the show, like NFL players do give a hell of a lot and they put a lot of stuff on the line and yeah. very tough. Um, yeah same thing that I said about the Lions like these like a lot of these guys have a lot to play for beyond just making the playoffs right there there's Mm -hmm. a lot that's on the line for a lot of these guys so yeah um, you know they're professionals at the end of the day and you know it's uh, I I would expect that uh, quite a few guys are going to give it their all to try and play in this game so um and also at this point in the year yeah you got to manage injuries like we're seeing Ken uh, you know Kim Walker on there and Noah Fant you just having to manage that stuff and they just having to play through it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, just the way the game is. And uh, one, one thing as well is incentives. So Tyler Higby needs 13 yards to hit a $500,000 bonus. Mm. Mm. Are there any incentives that we know about with the Seahawks? No. Mm. But Tyler Higby does play no. for the Rams at tight end, Ty, so it's relevant. Mm. You see? So double Tyler Higby is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. All I'm we saying will, is... We will not team. let him get those 13 yards. We are if making that inside, our mission. If it's inside, like... Inside the two-minute warning, you're out of timeouts, and Baker's in the shotgun, so a lot of things are happening here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're down by three, mm-hmm. and it's third and seven, mm-hmm. and Tyler Higby's on twelve yards. Then the ball's the ball's going to him because that's obviously how it works. Um, right, right. So then you jump it, you run it back uh, for touchdown. Yeah, Jonathan um, Abram. Yeah, this is how this all works. I don't know yeah. if you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Abram pick six to uh, send the Seahawks to the postseason. Did you see Clint Hurt's Instagram? Yes, I did. I did. That was very funny. What did did he say again, exactly? He was like, uh, he posted the picture of, uh, oh yeah, he was like, don't, who catches, or who tries to catch the ball with their eyes closed or something like that? It was Jonathan Abram with his eyes closed trying to intercept the ball. And then he answered the question saying, only seals and walruses tried to catch the ball like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then today he said how Abram was lucky it wasn't a javelin because it would have impaled him. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. It would have. There's a good coaching point. You probably shouldn't have your eyes closed if trying to catch a ball. Mm. Uh, probably also shouldn't try to catch the ball like this. Yeah, that also doesn't help. Yeah. Um, form a bucket, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Diamond. Diamond, Maddie. Make the diamond. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll be back on, well, tomorrow with our film breakdown of what went well, what went wrong with the game. A lot mm-hmm. more what went well, you know. Who did they play, Ty? Help me out here. The the New York Jets of football. Ah, yes. The yeah. New York football Jets. Mm. And then Sunday, there's a few circumstances at play. If the Seahawks lose, which obviously won't happen, but we're just covering our bases. If the Seahawks lose, we'll probably go live right afterwards because then we can have a little party. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll have a party on air. Or make yeah, a wake. Good old wake. Mm. Um, but if the Seahawks win, which they will, let's manifest, we'll be live after Sunday Night Football, so a late one, especially for me. Or, you know, maybe after the first half of Sunday Night Football, depending on what happens there. But manifest after Sunday Night Football, after the Lions go and blow out the Green Bay Packers, but yeah, that's the schedule for this week. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you, everyone, for joining live and for the donations. It's very kind. Yeah, thank um, you guys so much. Subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment if you haven't already. Follow Ty at Dane Gunzelas. Follow me at Matty F. Brown. Follow the podcast at Seattle Overload. If you're listening, do, you can do the same. We are live on YouTube um, at Matty F. Brown. Just search out on YouTube, you'll find it. But if you're listening, you can also give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast medium and download the show if you haven't already. And if, you, if you're watching, be sure to check us out there because Ty edits that thing up, puts it out, gets it in the oven. <laughs>